Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520. I had the great pleasure just a few blocks away from the studio at an Amherst Rotary meeting, Amherst South, the former district governor from 2018 to 2019, Melissa Schrock, spoke. And she was so dynamic and exciting what she has done all over the world for Rotary service projects in Guatemala, Africa, a lot of work with water wells, uh, tremendous uh, humanitarian efforts. So we've asked Melissa Schrock to be on the program today. A little information about her Rotary journey. Melissa Schrock joined Rotary in 2003, and she belongs to the Rotary Club of Akron Newstead. She was club president from 2012 to 2013. Assistant uh, uh, Governor, 2014 to 2016. District 7090, Director of Service Projects, 2016. And District Governor from 2018 to 2019. Melissa, why did you originally join Rotary? What compelled you? Well, I was really impressed by the work that they do, not only in our local communities, but globally. And to be quite honest, for me, it was an opportunity to put my faith into action. It gave me an outlet to to serve, really. Very good. And um, how long did it take you to be motivated to get involved in these service projects worldwide? You know, it it took a couple of years because when I joined, my kids were young. They were three and five. So it wasn't an opportunity that um, I was able to really leave. It was when they got a little bit older and I had a little more support from home that I could really start um, engaging and going on these service projects across the world. Now, these service projects, um, basically, do you go for a week or two to a foreign country that's very poor and in need of healthcare improvements, um, how does it come about? Yeah, that, that's exactly what happens. And for me, the way some of these came about is our club had participated in a lot of these projects simply by writing a check. And the first one that came up was to go to Guatemala, and we had participated in giving funds to create vegetable gardens. And the group that we were working with said, would you like to have a team come and participate? You can see where your money's going. And that was, that was all I needed to hear, and I was in. So my first trip was to Guatemala to follow up on some vegetable gardens and to learn about the process and what we were doing. And from there, it honestly just lit my heart on fire. And I just thought, I want to do more of this. And every opportunity that I could, I started engaging in service projects that we were working on globally. Very good. Um, let's talk a little bit about this uh, vegetable garden project in Guatemala. Was it a 
shortage of food or the right foods or nutritious foods? What was the need there? Well, Guatemala has one of the highest levels of malnutrition across the globe. So that was the start of it. And their diet consists of mainly five foods, the biggest of which is corn and sugar cane. So we were trying to teach them how to grow different vegetables to add more nutrition into their diet. And it was truly an uphill struggle because land is so scarce there, they did not want to give it up. And honestly, the very first gardens that they allowed us to help them build were probably no more than a 10 by 10 section. But once we showed them how to grow, how to do some compost, and they were starting to produce tomatoes that were the size of the ones they were buying in the village market, they felt more confident and then allowed us to expand to what eventually became community gardens that were probably up to an acre in size, where families in the communities were responsible for a row. And not only did they um, get to re- keep some of the food that they were growing, they also used it as a source of income because they sold it at the local market. So eventually it became very successful. Very good. Now, you started with the Rotary Club of Akron Newstead. I've been there. I've brought speakers there. Um, it's a good group, very active, uh, an exciting group of people. Let's talk about the Rotary Club of Akron Newstead. What do you do there? What are your projects? Who is involved? Oh, my gosh. Our club is heavily involved in projects, a lot of them locally, but we also sponsor globally. But some of the things that we do uh, locally, we're very heavily involved with our local school district and the students there. Um, Every year, one of our premier projects is to help families in need at Christmas time, where we host an auction that raises in the neighborhood of $20,000. And every penny of that goes back into our community by providing gifts for these families in needs. We provide food, um, gift cards. It's just an incredible opportunity. And if there turns out to be a year where we have money left over, we kind of keep it in a kitty because those families generally need help more than just once a year at Christmas. So if they come up against hardships through the year with challenges in heating, electricity, you know, paying their water bills, we also will will donate that money throughout the year. Um, We also do environmental projects. We've got a extension of the bike path that we're kind of oversee, and we've put in a opportunity for you to stop, grab some water, you know, pump up your bike tires. So we've got bike stations and lending libraries, lots of little things throughout our community, but we're very passionate about staying connected with our school and helping those students and families in need. Very good. Very dynamic, exciting uh, club. Now, in 2016, seven years ago, you were the director of service projects for District 7090 for Rotary International. Um, uh, Tell us about some of these different projects and what you did in your year as director of service projects. So as the director of service projects, my main job was to help service the 68 clubs within our district with their own service projects, meaning if they had some challenges and they weren't sure why their project wasn't being successful, I was there to kind of act as a a liaison to help with that. But at the same time, I used that opportunity to try to create um, opportunities for our clubs to partner with other organizations within our district in our western New York and southern Ontario area as an example Goodwill Industries. You know we have a group of Rotarians who have a heart for service and there are plenty of um, 
organizations that need our help. So we partnered with them and Rotarians would go in and do work at the Goodwill. We did some work at the food banks. We helped host um, the Playmakers with Harrison Phillips from the Buffalo Bills. We helped assist with some of the work that he was doing with those groups. So it was a little bit of both. How can we help you be better at your service projects, but how can we as a group help our own local communities with their service projects? Very good. For those who just tuned in, we're speaking with District Governor from 2018 to 2019 for Rotary, Melissa Schrock. If you have any questions, if you're listening in northern Florida, West Seneca, or Toronto, drop us a note as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada. Please write to Brian Rusk, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our past guests, Charles Todd, author of 40 best-selling novels, Richard Earle, grandson of the famous auto designer of the Corvette, Harley Earl, and Ambassador Ronald Gidwitz. Coming up, we're going to have Gene Shafaroff, a civic leader in Palm Beach, Florida, and former U.S. Ambassador Eric Javits. A little uh, plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Eagle is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. Some of the notable moments in the work of Melissa Schrock, former district governor of Rotary. In 2011, she was with a service trip to Guatemala, helped to teach young people living in remote villages how to paint and harvest vegetables in an effort to offer more nutritional foods to their daily diets. They have one of the highest rates of malnutrition in the world. In 2012, Melissa Schrock was involved with a service trip to Sierra Leone, Africa. The purpose of the trip was to follow up on monies they had sent for water wells. While there, they identified several other areas of need and embarked on a mission, which continues to this day, to help improve the daily lives of people living in the village of Manodase. So great humanitarian efforts on the part of our guest, Melissa Schrock, former district governor of Rotary. Uh, Let's talk about uh, your year as district governor in 2018 to 2019. What were your exciting accomplishments there, Melissa Schrock? Oh, there was so much that happened that year, Brian. Um, as you know, you're a Rotarian yourself. For me, one of the highlights was every year we do a conference where we come together as a group and celebrate Rotary and all the work that we're doing. And I was able to get the Rotary International president at the time, Barry Rassen, to attend our conference. He was so motivated and moved by the Rotaract group that we have, which are Rotarians up to the age of 30, that he wanted to come and be a part of our celebrations. 
But beyond that, for me, it was such a humbling experience to visit the 68 clubs throughout the year and to hear about all of the work that they're doing and the lives that they are touching and the impact that they're making. It's completely overwhelming, and there's so much work. There's not enough time in your broadcast to talk about it all. But I guess, in short, it just really showed me that humanity and it's still alive and people care and there are people doing good work every day and we just don't hear about it. Rotary is truly probably the best kept secret in our, in our world because not many people know what we do and it's just simply service above self. We serve others all over. It's a wonderful effort and you have given of yourself and we appreciate that so much. Let's talk a little bit more about what you saw with the male nutrition in the world when you went uh, 12 years ago to Guatemala and to these remote villages, uh, they're poor people. How do you get them up and going to have more food available to their population? Well, I'll tell you, there, there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, the first thing you needed to learn about and understand was their culture. You know, they had five main sources of food. It was coffee, it was rice, it was sugarcane, it was corn. And um, the last one's escaping me at the moment, but but that's really all they had in their diet. And so there's a total lack of nutritional resource. And so, you know, yes, they had some water, not always indoor plumbing, of course, but water is always the first stepping stone, which then allows you to have your children live longer. And when the children live longer, they're going to school, they're getting educated, and, and that's what leads to their futures changing. But there's a lot that you also had to change in terms of if it was good enough for me, it's good enough for my kids. And that culture in particularly, because corn is such a big part of their diet, there's corn all over the country. Well, they harvest it all by hand. So families need to have 10 to 15 kids to help them harvest all that corn. By teaching them how to grow different vegetables, to get nutritional resources, and also use that as a way to sell and raise money to help their families. It was also about changing a shift in the way they think, which is a lot easier said than done, which is also why we targeted the younger generation versus the parental generation. We needed to try to start changing their thoughts on things, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, we're going to shift to another part of the world, and I was on humanitarian missions um, in Ghana, Tanzania, and Nigeria myself. And you, mm -hmm. uh, 11 years ago, had a service trip with Rotary to Sierra Leone, Africa, and you were very active with their water wells. Let's talk about the mm -hmm. needs of Sierra Leone, Africa, and how Rotary helped Melissa Schrock. Well, I have to be honest with you. You know, when I share my experience in Africa, one of the things I'm very upfront about is I was probably um, at my lowest point emotionally when I was in that country because there is so much need everywhere that for the first time in my rotary journey, I felt like we can't make a difference. There's too much. But eventually, thankfully, we went to a city, a village, Manodase. And I immediately noticed something was different. There were children, there were schools, and I dare say there was the semblance of a marketplace. And when I inquired to say, why is this village different than the other 20 we've just been to? They told me, well, they have water. 
And that's when that light bulb went off and it just suddenly all fell into place for me. When we can get people clean water, the waterborne illness obviously decreases. So your children are living past the age of five. And when you have kids past the age of five, you have a need for schools. And again, go to school, you get educated. You suddenly can start seeing medical clinics and, and little micro businesses. So for me, I realized that these people need water. And in this day and age, with the wealth on this globe, there is absolutely no reason why there is not clean water for everybody, including the people in all of Africa. And that's where it really started for me. Wonderful effort. I know that we had many programs at Amherst South Rotary on the water wells, and we contributed thousands of dollars over the years. Now we're going to go to another area of the world for a few minutes to talk about the Dominican Republic. I was next door in Haiti four times on humanitarian missions with the Hope for Tomorrow Foundation and met with the Rotarians many times in Port-au-Prince. And mm-hmm. I saw I saw the, the difficulties uh, just on the other side of the island. But let's talk about the Dominican Republic. You were involved with nutrition. Uh, what did you do there? So that was a, actually a fun project that our Interact Club undertook, which is our youth program. They started a program called Just Do It, and it originally started by shipping sporting equipment, baseball and softball equipment, to a group down there. And it was so well-received that they came back the next year. Kids did and said, what else can we do? We want to do something more. So, again, we connected with a nutrition center that was in a village where all the kids would come, and that was basically the meal they got for the day is that they came to the nutrition center. So it needed some basic um, work in terms of, you know, needed to be painted. We needed to put up some cement walls. But we also, again, had an opportunity to help them put in a garden that they could start growing food that they would use to feed the kids that were coming to their program. And it actually continues to this day. And we just had a group of Rotarians and Lions members from our local Lions Club just return back from Dominican Republic continuing the work that was started probably five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, it's a a really tough situation when you see so many people in in need. Um, It is, yeah. For those who just tuned in, we're speaking with past district governor of Rotary 2018 to 2019, Melissa Schrock. I heard her speak at the Amherst South Rotary meeting. I asked her to be on the program because she's got a big heart. She goes all over the world and helps people in need. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, Rusk Report, Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more about Melissa Schrock. In 2013, she was involved with a service trip to Haiti, worked with local churches to learn more about the feeding programs while bringing back 700 backpacks filled with school supplies, which were given out to local children in the village. I was in Lakai. Uh, Haiti at the Immaculate Conception Hospital four times. So I saw the difficulty, and I had hundreds of people waiting for donated plastic. I 
and uh, vein surgeries. Let's talk about the situation in Haiti. We talked about the Dominican Republic not far. Let's talk about Haiti and what you did there. Melissa Schrock. So our trip to Haiti was actually after the earthquake. So we had an opportunity to really see the devastation that was still prevalent, you know, two years after the fact. But it was in the town of Jacmel, and which is a very remote. If you're traveling from Port-au-Prince, it was a good six-hour ride south. And our goal there was to bring school supplies, backpacks full of school supplies to the kids that were working with one of the local churches. And again, that was so eye-opening. That was the first trip I brought my daughter on. She was 15 at the time and really wanted to start um, experiencing some of the things that I do because she has a very good heart for service as well. And we met these little kids, uh, probably all under the age of 13. And as part of the process of getting their backpack, we had to size them. We had cards with their picture on it, a little bit of information, because each one of these kids either had or was trying to get sponsored by someone back home, right, to help cover their education. So we had to measure their foot, and we had to give the best guess we could about what they wore. Mm-hmm. And my daughter was blown away by the number of kids that came in shoes that were clearly three sizes too small for them, and she didn't understand why. And I had to explain to her, these children, this is all they have. They don't have the luxuries you do. And so this backpack with pencils, pens, erasers, paper, it was like giving them bars of gold. They were just so grateful, but it was such a humbling experience, but ultimately a great experience for her to see, you know, how other kids live and just really start to begin to appreciate everything that you have here in the United States. Because I don't believe until you can go to some of these other places and see how people are living every day. Can you really appreciate the gift of everything you have here at home? It's wonderful. You have such appreciation for sometimes things we take so much for granted here. Uh, One thing where you were involved with these water sanitation projects in Africa was the empowerment of girls in these developing nations. Um, Are these girls sort of set back and not utilized in the mainstream of society. Tell us about the girls and how we can empower them more worldwide. So what really broke my heart was realizing in many, pretty much all of the countries I've traveled to, the girl child is not considered worthy. Everybody wants the boy child. Um, When I was in Africa, we would make an effort to, we we set up schools through this, you know, I told you it started with water, it went to feeding programs, we've helped them, you know, raise goats, and now eventually we started building schools with them. And we got the kids in the villages to attend the schools by getting them sponsored. So you think you're doing a good thing because now these girls are coming to school. What we soon discovered is that wasn't enough because they still went back home at night and those families still had no money. So even though their daughter's education was being paid for, they still needed a way to put food on their table. And quite frankly, what they do is they sell them into the sex trade. And it never uh, occurred to us or became that realization until our girls, our 12-year-old and 13-year-old girls started showing up at school pregnant. Hmm. And that's what really helped us to pull back that onion to say, what is going on here? 
And as a result of that discovery, we built dormitories so the girls could live on the dormitories and we found a way to help supplement the families. Um, when they have their time of the month, they do not have supplies over there and it's shameful to them. So they're not going to school 25% of the year. They're not getting their education. And once they leave school, it's really hard to get them back. So that was another project we worked on where we made reusable sanitary napkins and we sent them over to those villages to be passed out to the girls. So they had some dignity and the opportunity to attend and get their education. But um, there's a lot that needs to be done with empowerment of girls all over the world because they are not the favored child, to put it <laughs> lightly. Well, it's very nice that you were helping out these girls and giving them a sense of self-importance. Uh, let's talk about in Africa with um, this problem with uh, deaths in childbirth. I saw that when mm -hmm. I was in Haiti in Lakai. A woman came to the hospital, and she was expecting, and it was a tragic situation because the umbilical cord was wrapped around the baby's neck, and they were fearful that the mother and the child would die, and our doctors performed the surgery with the Hope for Tomorrow Foundation and saved both the mother, the mother's life and the baby's life. Let's talk about the problem in Africa on your second trip with childbirth. In order to put that in the proper spotlight, I've got to quickly mention my first when we went to Monodasi, I told you this was a more developed area, so they right. were so proud to take us to their medical clinic. And when we went there, they opened the door to a room, and they said, this is where the women give birth. And quite frankly, I was appalled, and I, I, <laughs> I told them that. Yeah. There was um, a motorcycle covered in dust there. There was a mattress kind of pushed up over an iron bed that was just covered in bodily fluids. And I, I looked at the man, and I said, if men gave birth, you'd never do it in a room like this. And, you know, they laughed, and on we went. Fast forward my next trip over in that same town, a woman dies in childbirth, and I immediately flash back to the room where they give these women to have their babies. And of course, I'm not surprised. They don't have the simple everyday medicines to stop bleeding and all the things, again, we take for granted here, they have none of that. But on top of that, when she passed, the father already had three daughters and couldn't take another child. And he just left, left the baby there because he just couldn't feed another couldn't feed another mouth. And the women, honestly, are the breadwinners in those families. They're the ones that are going to market, selling, and working. And it's just a totally different culture. But it broke my heart uh, when we found out that baby had nowhere to go. But she did have a happy ending, as you know. A wonderful story, a wonderful effort. Our guest has been the district governor from 2018 to 2019 for Rotary, Melissa Schrock. Uh, she's done so much with service trips to Guatemala, Sierra Leone, uh, Dominican Republic, Haiti. So we salute your efforts. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production, for the past 15 years. And we salute the tremendous and enlightening godly efforts of Melissa Schrock with Rotary International. Have a great week. 
You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.